My name is Anthony, and welcome to Be the Gospel. And uh, today we're going to be covering or doing the introduction to our series that we're going to be covering this month on uh, the walls of Jericho. You know, uh, Jericho, bringing down the walls in your promised land. And it's something that a lot of us we really don't think a lot of. We we just we just kind of capture the whole. The promised land is the land flowing with milk and honey, and we leave it there, right? We think, oh, once we reach the promised land, we leave it there. But when we look at scripture, we can see that that was actually the beginning of the journey. That was the beginning of the the battle for what was promised to them, their inheritance, and and they had been given this promise by God that they would capture, that they would possess the promised land. And a lot of times we ourselves, we know where God wants to take us or um, we have an idea where God wants to take us. And so when we start going that direction, we think everything is going to fall into place. Everything is going to be perfect. There's not going to be any hindrances. There's not going to be any opposition. The enemy is just going to lay down and let us walk by. And you'll find that that's not real. And it's kind of a fantasy, you know. And it's just really interesting how many times we can get so caught up with the fantasy that we miss the reality. We miss what God wants us to step into. We miss the growth and the importance of the growth because we, we, we get confused by the battles and, and different things that, that come into play and we kind of short circuit our our destiny. We start we, we, we short change what God's trying to do because then we, we just think, well God told me to do this and everything's gone into chaos. Everything's going wrong. Like even my friends have become my enemies. And basically what it is is we're just failing to see what God is doing and how he's setting you up for success to overcome. See, the New Testament says that you are more than a conqueror. You go from victory to victory, from, from faith to faith. And this is something that we commonly overlook. It's something we commonly miss out on because we want everything our way. We want everything now. And we miss the process. We miss the growth. We miss what what God is really trying to do because he cares so much about you that he cares about your growth more than anything. He wants to see you to truly mature and mature into the picture of Jesus Christ. And a lot of times it's it's easy to overlook that. I can tell you myself, you know, when you get a, a word, a prophecy that's just amazing, you just want to run headlong into the into that prophecy. You just want to be there now. Usually if God is giving you an amazing prophecy, He's He's letting you know at the same time that there is a trial coming. 
And that if you can hold on to that prophecy, you can pray it through to completion, till manifestation, then you will see the the prophecy fulfilled. See, the enemy, he's very cunning. He he knows when God releases something, all he has to do is discourage you, get you into depression, get you to beating yourself up, getting you back into shame and doubt and worry and fear and, and all these things so that it aborts what God's trying to do. And then he says, see, look, God lied to you. And it's not true. We We had... Everything we have, everything in Christ Jesus, ready and completely set up for success. As long as we learn to stay in Him, abide in Him, and a lot of times we miss that because we get caught up in the, the situations of our lives and the consequences and the cause and effect and. And all these different things And We miss out on our promised land We know we're supposed to be Enjoying the land of milk and honey We know we should be prospering And growing And and seeing God just do amazing things For us But We, we don't want the confrontation But if we look at confrontation Confrontation has been made to be a bad word because Christians are supposed to be all about tolerance. That's a lie. Jesus wasn't very tolerant of the Pharisees. Wasn't very tolerant of their bad practices and and the hypocrisy and and many other things. Right? He was, he's not tolerant of the proud. He says he will he will humble them. So when you begin to look at tolerance and and what people are trying to bring into Christianity and, and bring into Christ, it's it's honestly simply just not there. But God is is wanting you to understand that confrontation is necessary for growth. When when you're born, your your body is confronting all the elements around you. And so it, it, the immune system is growing, the way it functions, everything is, is constantly growing. And that's why doctors have told parents, you know, limit how much of, you know, over-the-counter drugs or whatever you give a child because it needs to develop its immune system so it's able to fight off bacteria and diseases and sicknesses and, and all this stuff, right? And the same thing carries on true through to today Your closest relationships If you think about it If they're real relationships Are the ones that had the most confrontation A lot of my close friends Are friends that I have Because we didn't agree On everything Because I know that I can trust them To tell me the truth Even if I don't want to hear it. And so when you begin to realize how important confrontation is and that through confrontation, on the other side of confrontation is your inheritance. And, you know, I probably talk a lot about healing or prophecy or, or, you know, different things we walk in or I walk in on a regular basis. Uh, It's because I can see the correlation. I can see how how this works because i can tell you what before i knew anything
anything about divine healing. I had some inkling. I had been around a number of different denominations. I knew that God could heal, but I could I could also see that in the church, hardly anybody got healed. So I thought, you know, people had to win the heavenly lottery in order to get healed because that's basically the odds it seemed to be for someone to get healed in the majority of churches I attended. So I had to go and confront. When I started digging into scripture, I had to confront bad doctrine. I had to confront bad teaching. I had to confront a lot of different things going back to scripture and researching it and and, and studying it and meditating on it, meditating on it for myself. And as I did that, I was I was literally brought to a place where I felt robbed. I went to a Bible school for about three years. And a lot of what they were teaching and telling me and everything at this Bible school went against what Scripture actually said. And so I felt so robbed, I felt cheated, I was upset. Right? But at the same time, the Bible school wasn't completely bad. There's many things I learned. Um, it helped me to understand that confrontation against even mentalities and, and, and paradigms is important. Not just physically, but also mentally, spiritually. They're important. God is not going to put something on us more than we can bear. But a lot of us, we think in the spirit we're this huge giant, but in truth, we're still in pre-K. And you have to graduate pre-K to go to kindergarten. You have to graduate kindergarten to go to first grade. In the second grade, in the third grade, in the fourth grade, and in the college, and then, and then, even greater things. These are certain things, you know. I want to bring up and 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 kind of challenge and get you to think for yourself for a minute. And as we go back into the books of Exodus and, and Joshua over the next few meetings, I want you to forget. The the fantasy of it all. And I want you to understand that these were real people. And the fear was real. Comfort level was completely real. And many things are going on that, honestly, we wouldn't really understand today from that perspective, but the principle is still the same today. And so I want to go ahead and get into the the overview today. That was just my opening, okay? <laughs> and I think it's very important that as we go back through to Joshua that we kind of backtrack a little bit. Let's backtrack Let's look at some of the things that happened in Exodus to kind of give context on, on the mentality, the mindset, and the heart of the of the Israelites as they're coming to this promised land. Because remember, Moses is the one who said, hey, I'm going to lead you to the promised land. God sent Moses to deliver the message. You're going to be delivered, and I'm going to take you to the land flowing with milk and honey. 
And so Moses goes before the most powerful man on the earth, hardly speaks any Hebrew. You know, when it says that Moses was slow to stutter, it doesn't say stutter. It means that he was slow to speak the Hebrew language because he didn't know it. He was barely learning it. We, we can see that with people who speak some Spanish or a different language or they're trying to learn English. And you can hear how slow it is and how broken the sentences are. Another thing, and this is what Moses is actually telling God. He's like, God, like, I, I really don't know the language and you want me to communicate to these people that I'm there to set them and to, uh, to deliver them. Because remember, Moses grew up in Pharaoh's household. He knew Egyptian. But he was sure he was going to have to lead an entire nation, different language. So he shows up before Pharaoh, the most powerful man on the earth at the time. They were the superpower. One of the most vast armies. They were amazing, and, and, and people feared the Egyptians because of their armies and their chariots. Even to way after this. But he goes in and he says, let my people go. So he goes in knowing that God's backing him up. He's still hesitant, obviously, but we can see where he's stepping into his role. He's stepping into what God had created Moses for, to deliver his people. And so in in the uncomfortableness of it all, he steps out, he makes a call, a declaration to Pharaoh, let my people go. Or else. Right? And so Pharaoh calls his bluff. He goes, I know you. I grew up with you. How can you make these audacious claims saying it's God, the God of the Hebrews? And then it happened. And then it happened again. And it happened again. Everything that Moses brought to Pharaoh. It happened over and over and over. And that was so interesting. Now here, Pharaoh is seeing that God is true and that he is real. But here, he's having to admit, he's having to humble. You understand, Pharaoh's mindset, he would have to humble himself to Moses and say, Moses, you're correct. You're right. But he can't do that. Because of the pride, because of what they've instilled in him, that you're a leader, you don't apologize. You, you, everyone looks to you. You're like a god to the people. You don't make mistakes. All this stuff is constantly fed to them. And here, Moses comes in and says, "This is how it's going to be." And we see what happens throughout Scripture. We can see. The plagues and the the diseases and the boils and and the skin rashes and you know everything that happened and God was showing the people of Israel 
He was showing the people of Egypt. He was showing the world who he is. That he was fighting on the behalf of the Israelites. And it's just very interesting to just kind of think about that for a little bit. If you were in Moses' spot, how would you feel? If God gave you a message and you alone and you had to go before the President of the United States and deliver this message, or you had to go before the, the United Nations, you had to go to the European Union and deliver a message that's from God. And they laugh at you and they mock you and they scorn you. How would you feel? What would you be thinking? See, a lot of times when we read these these stories and uh, history in, in the Bible, uh, it's a different time. No, and it was a rougher time. They didn't have freedom of speech, and here he is going before Pharaoh, which was could have been easily punishable by death. He's telling Pharaoh what's going to happen and what to do because God had told him to say it. See, he didn't back down. He didn't back off of what God told him to share. He decided that his best bet was to be completely obedient to the living God, even if it made him look like a fool, even if he didn't communicate properly. He didn't do everything he could in his power to be obedient to God. Now this is interesting. Because in the in the book of Exodus, we find that it says about Moses that he is the most humble man on the face of the earth. Guess who wrote the book? Moses. So here he is saying about himself. Right? He's the most humble person on the earth. Did it happen overnight? Was it built into his character? When did he become the most humble person in the earth? Humble meaning that he listened and obeyed God willing, willingly and obediently. Which is interesting in and of itself. I'm telling you, if you just sit and just think about the situation he was in, Seeing the magicians, the counterfeits, but watching his overcome the counterfeit. Just because he was willing and obedient, he did everything that God told him to do. How to do it, when to do it. It's amazing. So we fast forward. Pharaoh finally has admitted defeat because he's getting his butt kicked left and right. He agrees to let the, the Israelites go, and they borrow silver and gold and all these precious things from their neighbors. They gave it to them. So they they became rich immediately, from rags to riches immediately, heading to the promised land. But they don't even get that far when the, when the army mobilizes and begins to chase them down. And what do the Israelites do? Who witnessed everything that God has done to this point. They immediately get into fear. 
Sound familiar? God promises you this amazing dream. God promises you that you're going to lead many people to Christ. That you're going to be fearless. You know, he's promising you all these different things. Whatever he's promised you. And as soon as everything starts going wrong, you end up in fear and doubting God and calling God a liar. And that's where we find out the Israelites. Here they are telling Moses, look, you brought us out to the, to the Red Sea to be slaughtered, to be killed. We were better off in Egypt. But what does Moses do? Moses immediately turns to God. And the pillar of fire protects him. And so it's, it's real interesting because the Israelites know the promise that was given to them. They've seen God fulfill his word practically in many ways over and over and over. And they're being blessed. None of the things that is plaguing the rest of the country is touching them. And they think that God led them out into the wilderness so they could be killed? Interesting. So they part the Red Sea. They walk right through it. They get to the other side. The army's chasing them through the, the through the Red Sea. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was Pharaoh, I would have hesitated. Seeing the miracle by itself. I was like, no, no, I'm not going down there. This is it. But what do you do? Decided to send the army, right? Why? Why why would he think that he could follow them? See, God wants you to know that your enemies can't handle where you're going. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about the officers. I'm talking about the devil. He can't handle where you're going. That's why he's doing everything in his power to prevent you from going. Because he knows if he can get you in a fear, then he can control you. He can lead you. He can he can force you to go in directions you don't even want to go. Why? Because you're too paralyzed to do anything else. You're too paralyzed to think. You're too paralyzed to analyze. You're too paralyzed to turn to God, who is the source and the answer for every situation. Now, isn't that interesting? Because you know, and I know, we're all guilty of this. That as soon as something bad starts happening, it's easy to get into fear. Then God comes through and you're like, yes, it's so... Thank you, thank you, God. It's so amazing. Yes, yes. And then five minutes later, you get more bad news, and you're right back in the fear. Why? Well, it's showing where you're at, showing where your focus is. It shows where your heart is. Plain and simple. So it's important that we begin to recognize these things, so that we don't fall into the same traps, we don't fall into the same pit, and make the same mistakes. It's so important that we learn from these things. That's why it's written in the Bible. 
a lot of times we can look at the Israelites and we can say, well, I can't believe they did that. So I can't believe they set this up. But if we're honest and we analyze our own life, we do the same things. We get comfortable. We love it. We make excuses. We get into fear. Get depressed. Well, that's not what God is calling you to. It's not what he has planned for your life. No, he calls you more than a conqueror. So they cross over. What happens next? They wander around in the wilderness for 40 years because they refused to believe. Again, they decided to rely on what they could see over what God had said. Only two spies came back with a good report. That wasn't good odds out of 12. Only two come back with a good report. And so when you think about it, everything that happened to that point, God was feeding them with manna from heaven. They were getting their their food delivered to their house. Every day they were fully taken care of. I mean, water was coming out of a rock. The rock followed them, Scripture says. So they wouldn't die of thirst in the desert. Imagine. I live in South Texas. It gets hot during the summer. It gets very hot. And not having any water. And it doesn't compare to a desert. And this is millions of people. Do you have to give bread and water and or food and water too? Isn't that interesting? Well, I got to care of it. He told them he would take care of them. He took care of them. Was it steak dinners and lamb chops every night? No. But here, they were never supposed to be in the desert, in the wilderness for that long. It should have been shorter. It should have been way shorter. It should have been very direct. It should have been seven to ten days. And it took them 40 years. Isn't that interesting? If their hearts were so focused on God, as they claimed to be, they would have been immediately at their promised land. That's not the case. It's not what happened. They chose to moan and complain and whine go against Moses and be rebellious and choose to believe the devil over God's word. Right? So God says, I can't do anything with these people. They don't trust me. So now I need to wait them out so that this generation can inherit the promised land. And that's what happens. So here we find ourselves looking at the promised land, they, they've had some battles on the other side of the, of the Jordan. They've seen some victories. Seen nothing but victory, actually. And it's totally amazing about God. And we're going to dive more into this next time we talk. And, and that God is just one of the most kindest Endless things you will ever meet to ever get to know. And he he puts you in places and positions 
where you can choose to trust and believe him and fully submit, fully surrender to him. You make room for your flesh. Excuses. Lies. Anything to get your way out. To get, get out of it. To wiggle out of what God wants you to do. And it's interesting. It really is. Because we can either stay in the flesh or we can stay in the spirit. And Scripture, New Testament scripture is very clear that we are born in the spirit. True believer. And the spirit doesn't back up, doesn't back off. So if you're operating in the spirit, you're willing and obedient to be doers of God's word. And then you get the taste and see that the Lord is good. You, you see constantly goodness of God everywhere you go. And so why am I saying this? I'm saying this because we're, we're put in positions where not that God does this. Understand, God does anyone, but the devil does. And we can see that throughout Scripture, right? He's, he's always bringing these conversations to see what's really in your heart, what's really going to come out. Is is it going to be su- submission and surrender to God and His Word, or is it going to be the opposite? Is it going to be the flesh and find the nature of the flesh, which is the fallen, right? Are you going to call God a liar, or are you going to say, no, you're absolutely true God? I'm going to hold on to you no matter what. And here we go is they cross over the Jordan. They're in the promised land. For the first time, the land flowing with milk and honey, the land that people were so fearful before for 40 years to even go into, even though they knew that the enemy was delivered into their hands. They were too busy looking at themselves, what they were able to do instead of looking at God and what he is able to do. So finally, fast forward to 40 years, right? They're they're setting up camp in the promised land. And what happens? It's beautiful. It's amazing. Is God says, I brought you into the promised land. The Jordan River is at your back. Now it's time for every man, every young man, every old man to be circumcised, to demonstrate your covenant with God. And so that's what they did. Now think about that. How long does it take for a grown man to recover from being circumcised? I know it's gross, okay? I understand that. But look at it from from a scientific aspect, historical aspect. How long does it take for a grown man to recover from such a wound? Do you know? Have you ever thought about it? Isn't it interesting? I think it's interesting. Because you'll find that if you're in excellent health, excellent shape as a young man, it can be two weeks. If that's all your strength. We can find the story in Genesis where 
Jacob's brother, Israel's brothers, um, Jacob's sons, sorry, Israel's sons, they, they didn't like that this guy had basically slept with their sister. And so they said, well, yeah, we're, because we're, the guy felt bad and he wanted to make it right. So they said, yeah, you, know, you have to marry my sister and, then, uh, you know, you have to be circumcised. So they did it. And then the whole town got circumcised. And they went in and they killed them all because they had no strength, no energy to fight back. Now, isn't, that the, 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 isn't it interesting that that story in Genesis, and here we are in, in Joshua, and this is what God asked them to do in the presence of their enemies. They're surrounded in a promised land that has not been eradicated of its descendants, of its inhabitants. And here God is calling on them to surrender, to be obedient. Sometimes I wonder, God was saying, do you truly believe me? Do you truly trust me? And this is what's beautiful, is we're going to see by what's written in the Word that they were completely surrendered to God until every man was healed, got their strength back, ready to fight again. They say grown men, it could be up to two months, some people more, to recover. So think about it. Think about what God wants for you. Think about what God is setting you up for, how he's setting you up for it. Think about what God wants to do in your life. Think about bringing down the walls, the confrontation, it's not for you to run away, but for you to step up against. Because God doesn't want you to tolerate sickness. He doesn't want you to tolerate lies. He doesn't want you to tolerate, you know, the devil stealing your finances. He doesn't want you to tolerate the enemy stealing your joy or your peace. He doesn't want you to tolerate the attacks on your family, on your church, or anything else. He doesn't want you to tolerate any of those things. He wants you to overcome them. He wants you to stand on his word and watch him fight the battles for you. He wants you to absolutely trust him, that you run to him first before anything and everything else. See, I'm telling you, this is rather simple. We, we complicate it. We make it complicated. And so in the next few meetings, we're going to be going over Keys to success and bringing down the walls in your promised land. Bringing down the walls in your Jericho. Because here you are. You're at the place where you, you decided, I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to step into what you want me to do. And it's not for everyone. I mean, it is for everyone, but not everyone's going to do it. And maybe you encountered some opposition. Maybe it didn't, it didn't go smoothly. I'm telling you, you're going to want to tune in the next couple of weeks because we're going to be breaking down how to do this, how to walk this out, what it looks like, how simple it is. We make it so complicated. God's going to show you the simplicity through his word. He's going to show you the simplicity through the different situations. 
Israelites found themselves in. And you're going to see the goodness of God. I'm telling you, you're going to see the goodness of God. And you surprise, you just, all you have to do is apply these simple principles and you're going to see breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough in your lives. And there's no wall that will ever be able to stand in your presence because you see it come down over and over and over as you put these things to practice that we're going to be covering. And you're going to see God provide. You're going to see God come through with your with peace and joy and strength and finances and health and, and everything. In every aspect, you're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You're going to see God's destiny for you unfold before your eyes, before your feet. As you take steps, it's just going to be like a carpet, just unrolling right before you, taking you from pre-K to graduating college. He can teach you to believe for bigger things, for greater things, to stop believing him. He's going to teach you to not just believe for the dream and the destiny that he, he built to you or will be revealing to you, but he will be demonstrating and showing you how to operate and walk in it every in every aspect in your daily life. I'm telling you, I'm very excited about this. Very excited to start covering what um, God has been revealing, what He's been showing, and I'm telling you, there's just so much, so much that God wants you to understand and step into. But the walls have to come down. The walls have to come down to eradicate everything that is keeping you from your inheritance in Christ Jesus. Eradicating anything that goes against his word. What he says you who he says you are and what he says you have and that you can do what he says you can do. And sticking with these simple things in, in driving and, and, and focusing on it and seeing what God does, you will see the walls come down every single time. And the you practice these things, the more you'll see them, these walls come down immediately. You know, it's a time of fasting and praying and doing this and doing that. No, no, you're going to see it. It's going to start coming down quick. On the scene, boom, walls come down. Walls come down in people's hearts. Walls come down in businesses. Walls come down in all these different things. You're going to see God's just going to open doors for you over and over and over in all these different areas because you understand him and that you can boast in him. You can trust him. He makes a way. He can do better advertising for your business than anyone else. People just show up at your business not even knowing what it is and hire you for your services or products or whatever the case may be. And say, how'd you hear about us? Oh, I just was passing by. Oh, okay. Next person, I was just passing by. Oh, it's just a feeling that I have about this place. Or whatever they may say, you're going to see. God's going to show you that there's greater. To believe for greater. Trust him for greater. And you'll see it. So it's all I have for you today. I know 
I really didn't get to dive into um, the content and everything that we're going to be um, sharing with you over the next few weeks. I did that on purpose. I wanted you to have a taste. I want you to understand how I'm looking at this, how I'm processing in my mind the different situations, different scenarios, and beginning to see just the goodness of God and what he has prepared for you and what he has lined for you, for your destiny, for your life. It's not supposed to be full of struggle and being beat up by the devil, but you having your foot on and overcoming and taking of the spoils of, of the battle left and right because you deserve God's best. Well, Dorothy, how how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, doing I'm looking forward to this series because, you know, as we are learning and growing in our journey with Father, we do find out there are things that are like walls between us and him. And mm. uh, we need to know what those are and how to knock them down, you know. It's important. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And some of the things that God's been talking with me about, um, especially last month, has been really interesting because I realized he was teaching me certain keys and certain principles that now I understand why, you know, as going through the stories and, and looking at what was going on and why it happened. And it just help fill in so many blanks for myself. So I know if it helps fill in blanks for me, it'll help fill in blanks for others. Absolutely. Um, I have found in my life over the years that walls go up and you don't even know they're going up. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we just take this stuff in and we mortar these walls up. And until you knock that wall down and get to the reality and the truth of of Father's goodness, like you were saying, you know, it, it does become a hindrance to, yep. you know, becoming what he wanted us to be. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of people that they're so frustrated because they have this call in their heart, this desire in their heart that they, 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 they're so frustrated in fulfilling because they have no idea how to fulfill it or how to go about it, and and they want to blame God for it. And it's like, no, God gave you the that dream. He gave you that destiny. Now it's up for you to walk. What we're going to be sharing is how to take the, the principles and the keys to unlock your destiny and begin walking in it because then it makes the walls fall down. Does it make sense? Makes absolute sense. Absolute sense. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm repeating myself. So I'm processing <laughs> the, the walls. I'm processing in my mind the walls that I've come against in my life, you know, that were created by either believing something that wasn't true in the faith or from mm. wounds, from life. Um, 
Yeah, you can tell I don't have it quite quite processed, but I know I've had to knock down walls. Yeah, and you can see one of the things you pointed out that we're going to be covering actually is how a lot of times we, we carry wounds. We don't even realize we carry them. And it creates these prejudices. It creates these these um, detrimental attributes, really, that that have us blaming God instead of seeking God for the answer. So, especially in today's churches, and everybody who's been part of a church has been around people, you know that wounds of a friend are faithful, right? You're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people, when we go to church, we think of church, we think this is this should be the most safe place to be myself. And you find that that's not true, right? And that's why a lot of people, they play church, and they put on a facade, and they're not real, they're not vulnerable, they're not being truthful with themselves or with others. And if if someone goes in with that mentality of, I'm just going to be vulnerable, I'm just going to be real, then they crucify them. And the person gets so hurt, they leave the church and they go somewhere else or they, they stop going to church because of these wounds. And what happened? These people gave the stones to this person to build their own walls. Yeah, the deepest wounds I've ever received in life have been from church, or I should say churches. So yeah. I definitely understand that one. So, yeah, we're going to be diving into that. I'm, I'm telling you, we're going, to, we're going to see how simple it is to overcome these things, tear down the walls, and, and step into your destiny. So I look forward to it, and um, I'd like to pray over everyone, because some of you, as you've been listening, you're thinking, well, I don't know if, what really I'm called to, what, what God's calling me to do, or or what plan he has for my life. And I could hear some of you thinking that even as I was teaching and, and sharing. And so I just want to pray for you real quick, okay? And even now God's telling me to remind you that when you were younger, there were certain things that he placed in your heart, he placed in your dreams that you've forgotten about because you got caught up with life and making money and, and all these things. Um, but God has called you for a particular purpose. There was something in your heart that, that just drove you. It's what got you to wake up every morning and to push forward. It, it, it gave you purpose. It gave you vision. It gave you um, a mission, a cause. And somewhere along the way, you allowed it to die. And so God said that he's going to be reawakening that in your lives very soon. And so let me just pray for you real quick. Uh, pray for everyone. So, Father, I thank you that you begin to reveal your destiny that you have for each and every person. Every person is unique. Every plan is completely different and that it's for your glory. It's for your kingdom. So I thank you, Father, for dreams. I thank you for visions. For everyone who's hearing my voice, yes, that they hear you clearly with absolutely no doubt no hesitation, who just like Moses, that they would stand on your promise and begin to see the gates 
or the Red Sea opened up for them to walk into their promised land. And I thank you, Father, that you give each and every person that they would remember, Father, right now, that they remember the, the destiny you've called them to, whether they have dreams tonight, this week, or remember their dreams when they were children, when when they were pure and able to receive from you. I thank you, Father, there'd be no doubt whatsoever in their hearts, in their minds, what you're calling them to, and that you give them the wisdom, you give them the understanding into walking it out practically. And I thank you, Father, that you, you're preparing their hearts even now to receive the principles and the keys that will make them successful in walking out their destiny every day of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so thank you for the teaching, Anthony. I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to this series. And in case people don't know that, you know, our perspectives and our opinions are formed based on everything that has gone on in our lives beforehand. It's like all all our new experiences are filtered through the old experiences, and sometimes. Those old experiences twist the new perspective we're supposed to have, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, thank you everyone for coming. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks and we'll finish up on this series, uh, or we'll dig into it deeper first, and then we'll finish it. Yep. Yep. So, you have, you have a blessed night, Anthony. And Father bless everyone, and see you next time. Mm-hmm. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Yeah, good night, everyone. Good night, Dorothy. Good night, Anthony.